15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Kind of, as a Christian, what was your, ex as a young black Christian, what was it like um, navigating your mental health and, yeah, just take us through the journey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you know, I think um, just from my personal ex experience, up until I was about, I'm like 19, 20, uh, mm -hmm. before then, um, mental health um, as a, mm -hmm. a concept didn't really exist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> now I look in retrospect, and it, 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 it just now, like it's obviously so serious, mm. um, and, it, and it's uh, because it, 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 it was so simple when I was young, and I think um, mm. um, a lot of adults around me um, passed on that learning of like if, if you're not okay, like mm. it's like that's fine, like you get over it, like within a day, um, mm. something like that. You know, there there was never an acknowledgement of. Um, the, the deep-rooted consequences of trauma, mm. um, the variety of trauma and how it can be triggered, um, mm. and then anxiety and depression and where that might come up. So, you know, that, that was never around. And um, a, a statement that I lived by um, was that, like, I'm just all, all, always happy and lots of mm. people had um, the same perception of me. Oh, Sipo, um, you're just always happy, you're always smiling. Mm. And I was like, well, yeah, I, I'm fine. You know, um, like the things may not be great at home. So like financially, um, mm. because my, 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 my parents are, are here um, and we're cleaning up now. It doesn't feel like we're, we're welcome all the time. You know, there's, there's racism, mm. there's a whole bunch of stuff. But I, I'm dealing mm. with all of this with a smile on my face, you know, Nathan, like as, mm. as I'm growing up, I'm like, no, nah, things are fine. You know, like mm. we'll, we'll yeah. just push forward. And I, I just didn't understand exactly what I, I, w I was talking about or what I was, I was doing, but something yeah. was affecting me. Um, but no, you know, um, you come uh, sort of like 1920, um, like uh, anxiety for me actually gets triggered. And okay. there's a certain like, um, you know, a thing and a, an event in my life that, that happens. Um, and there's a few things as well. And it's like, oh, now I, um, you know, I, I feel anxious about social media. Um, mm. I feel anxious about my phone. Um, you know, I, I'm I was working freelance a lot. So it was very important okay. to, um, to network. And I, I, as with lots of people, you know, make sure you're, you've got your presence out there online. But then yeah. um, now my anxiety has been triggered. It's weird. It feels mm. like it's pulled over onto my phone. So whenever I'm getting yeah. a note, on on WhatsApp, um, on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, Facebook, mm. um, all of this. And my phone's vibrating. 
I'm like, mm. I can't deal with that. I, mm. I, I, I can't. So everything has to get shut down. Mm. That's interesting. Faces. So yeah, it, it got it got real for me. Personally. Let's elaborate on that anxiety. Let's just peel back the layers. Can you? Yeah. What kind of led to that anxiety, and what helped you to understand what led up to it? <laughs> yeah, I mean. Um, I, I know there's a, a little bit more exploring that I personally have to do on it, but in terms mm. of like what, what, what led to it, you know, it, it was um, <clears throat> like an incident, you know, like it was it was an incident mm. with another person and it mm. occurs and, you know, I, I'm not expecting it. Mm. Um, I guess it happens that what, what, while I'm quite <clears throat> I'm vulnerable, mm. uh, you know, some... Um, uh, yeah, at that point, I'm, I'm quite vulnerable. In, in general, you know, I had always tried to protect my heart and, and guard my heart, um, which is very, very in, in important to me because I felt like I had a purpose, and through my art, um, that was my um, my d- discipline. I would achieve mm. that purpose, which was not only to create art and help other people and, and explore um, other ways that people can be assisted, but then also just like for me personally, it was about giving back to my family. Who, who had done so much for me? I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. um, I to give back to them, whatever that means. So I've got that purpose. So I always made sure that you know I, I wasn't in um, silly sort of like settings, and mm-hmm. I wasn't doing anything that's going to jeopardize anything or that's going to um, pull me down. Like yeah. I always tried to move quite smart. Um, but then I just happened to be in, you know, in in an environment where I'm vulnerable. My guard is down. Mm. something happens i'm not expecting it and then mm. right then in that moment it's like you know it, 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 i i i then have to carry on with that so mm. when things are happening that are associated to like that that, that, that particular incident I'm, I'm anxious now and then it's sort of and i, I describe it as it like it sort of it spills on and it, it latches on to so mm. many other things and then eventually got to everything and yeah it's like okay mm. i'm anxious now like I'm, I'm, I'm really, really anxious. And then, yeah, um, yeah. it got worse and worse and worse. And it's like, what is going on? Mm. You know, <laughs> God, mm. don't, God, don't, yeah. Wow. So what made, so you say that you, in, I'm imagine you're being ambiguous for a particular reason. Cause yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. for the sake <laughs> of confidentiality, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but would you say basically it was someone that you trusted and they did something that let you down? Like it, it kind of took away the trust that you had for them. And mm. would you say like it was that sort of scenario? Yeah, you know, very um, similar. It's it's really interesting because um, you, you know, you know, like I I I haven't always trusted like absolutely everyone. Um, mm. I've always you know tried to be kind and, and to like. Um, uh, portray love onto everyone even if it's simply like if you're in a room I'm going to listen to you I'm going to you know I'm not going to like dismiss you I'm going to let you go first you can eat first all of these small things but I knew from young that oh um, um, you can love everyone but you don't have to trust everyone mm. um, so in, in, in this particular situation it's like with this person it wasn't even that like I totally trusted them you know because this was more no, of a, yeah. um, a work relationship Fair and enough. Um, I think what was quite important is that in the work that um, I guess we do and the work that I, I was doing and that I still do, um, like it's, it's, it's in the arts. So mm. my heart really is in this because yeah. I know the impact. Like it got me from 
being mute and being someone who stammers, who thought I was going to really struggle for the rest of my life, to all mm. of a sudden I find rhythm and now I'm, I'm, I'm getting commissions to write and perform poetry. Like it's, it's changed mm. my life. So my heart really is in this. So this is a work relationship. And, mm. you know, um, I, I have to trust you to a, a certain extent and, it, and it's quite emotive. So I guess where I'm blindsided is that something personal happened, yeah. something which is quite professional. And I'm shocked okay. now. Like, wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I, I didn't even trust you that, like, like totally. But I yeah. trust you enough in that you've mm. had such an impact on me now that, mm. um, you know what I mean? Like, e- e- even to this day, because that was quite a few years ago, I'm like, I'm yeah. actually still doing dealing with this, like, mm. a few years later on. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I hope that answered your, your question. No, that's good. Um, I also want to look into... Well, so you went through this issue. Initially, did you try and reach out to someone or kind of what was the stumbling blocks? Take us through your thoughts in terms of, I don't want to tell anyone because, or, you know, just kind of what you were thinking and how that thinking has evolved over time. Yeah, sick. You, you, you've definitely hit like, the, you know, the, the nail on the head. Like, I, mm. yeah, man, that, that justification. Um, mm. Wow. You know, yeah, like, I, I justified it. You know what I mean? Like, Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I shouldn't have, but I didn't in some way. And I, and I excused them. I came up with excuses. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, in terms of a, a process, oh my gosh, like it's just, it's so messy. Because um, mm-hmm. <laughs> like before then, um, you know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm mindful um, just about like my energy and other people's energy. I, I really do just try to keep positive people around me, ambitious people around me. Yeah. And I've got friends who, who are relatively doing better than I am. And I'm like, mm. that's amazing because I now have people to celebrate and I've yeah. also got people to work up to. So you said everything's good and I'm praying mm. everything's clear, like nothing's foggy. So then mm. when this thing happens, everything is foggy. I can mm. barely be straight. I don't know, I feel yeah. drunk like 24-7. I don't, mm. I don't, I don't do that at all. But mm. my, my perspective is, is shaky, it's messy. Mm. I, can't, I can't see colour properly. Like things are, are quite grey, things are quite dark. So mm. when I'm trying to operate on a day-to-day basis normally and talk to people normally, mm. um, things aren't really coming out properly. I find myself going to someone else who um, I think, you know, if I'm being honest, uh, it was an, a, a, a situation that epitomised the, um, you know, like... I forget the actual saying, but um, broken people attract mm. broken, broken people. Broken people, yeah. Okay, you know, I feel um, you. Yeah. yeah. So that's where I end up. Um, mm. And I'm not doing it like consciously or intentionally, but mm. I, I, I end up there now being with someone who's also not okay. Mm. And I'm still trying to help this person whilst mm. also trying to help myself. That's all messy because mm. I've got commitments, Nathan. I mean, I've got yeah. other work commitments. I've got family commitments. Yeah. But all of that is dropping off because I'm I'm worried or I feel like um, that's not going to help me right now. So then I I, I stay away. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, 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 like it really is really really, really messy. And then I guess in the way that I actually sort of um, in terms of why I don't want to say it is because um, I, I, I I I was. Um, I was taking like a, 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 a career step and I was going towards a certain mm. career direction where this incident happened. Mm. Um, and I'm really excited about it because it's something I've been interested in for a long time. I'm now going in this direction. Um, mm. 
the person I'm working with um, is the is quite renowned for the mm. work. So oh, I'm like, right, okay. not only am I stepping into this other um, discipline and this other kind of work, I've mm. got a mentor um, mm. who is really experienced in mm. it. Um, so the reason I can't, I, 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 I excuse and justify that I can't tell other people is mm. because I've already built up like I've set up other meetings. I've, you know, what I mean, I, I'm I'm networking and I've created paths now. And I'm like, yeah. by the way, in a few time or in a year's time, mm. I will have this qualification. I will be able to do this. I'll be able to do this kind of work. So I can't tell anyone now because mm. you know, what I, mean? I can't email people um, mm. on a personal note when I've only been talking to you professionally. And then even mm. with friends, I've only let them know about what I'm doing professionally, and I can't. Mm have people that worrying about me like this is my perspective then mm. um, because somehow believe it or not Nathan like, um, I, I, somehow I'm still thinking I know I'm mm. in a really bad place right now but I'm gonna go back to do the work aren't I I have to go back and do the work mm. um, yeah. but I, I, I did not in the end um, but mm. yeah mess it was okay. it was it was a big mess right and what so is it something now you've discussed with people like who are the first sort of people you kind of spoke to and how did it come out because I feel like when you're trapped in cycles of thinking and cycles of despair Mm. usually it takes some sort of trigger or some sort of some some Mm. sort of event to actually let something come out if that makes sense yeah Um, so was there any moment or moments where you finally felt comfortable to release some of that uh, tension within you Um, because this is kind of what we were discussing earlier whilst um, drafting the poem for my um, animation is that you know thinking about you know this is a big topic and everyone's mental health experience is very deep but what are the commonalities what you know even looking at the poem which is quite short it's only about um, when we were drafting it it was about three minutes now it's kind of down to two two two-ish minutes if you just read it fast um, so it's quite brief, but it was we were thinking a lot about how do we categorize the stages of this of the typical mental health breakdown and slash recovery. Um, so I guess kind of in relation to that, like what was your experience? What kind of uh, I guess quote unquote triggered you to actually release some of that tension to someone? Yeah. Um... Yeah, no, no. Um, so I guess for me, um, like one thing to know is like my my trust just in general now is severely affected. Mm. Um, I've I've gone from you know being open um, and obviously I've got like quite um, close like acquaintances and, and friends, but now it's like I don't know who to that I can fully trust ever again. Mm. Um, so I, I do take like the leap of faith um, with a, a couple of my friends who are, um, um, you know, doing similar work um, and, and, and I've worked with the, like the, the individual as well. Um, and, I, and I feel like I can talk to them because I consider them like my, um, like my, my, my older siblings, you know? Um, and yeah, I, I talk to them um, just because we have discussed many other options, you know, We've talked about um, being a Christian, um, um, men, and, and, and marriage. You know, we, we've discussed so many other things. So mm. then I feel like 
I can talk to them about this as well. And, and that's, that's good. It, it came up. Mm. That's good. Yeah. And then that in itself is a valuable lesson for all those listening in terms of being intentional about our friendships, you know. Um, and when you when you have good friends, that keeps it's like a insurance pos- policy for when you're having a breakdown, you know. It's, it's you know it's it's always important to think about right now who who would I consider my inner circle um you know and that's something I still think about I still have people where even when it's been a while since I messaged them I know mm. I still consider them close because I know I can message them anytime and we will just pick things up like as if you know nothing ever happened so I know a few people like that and um it's and also you know for it's hard because as human beings we're complex right so um automatically we will categorize everything so we will be like i'll turn to this friend for this issue this friend for that issue um <laughs> but it's it's nice to have close friends where they have a more well-rounded idea of who you are because yeah. a lot of the people i consider friends really are just if i was to be very critical of it there would be more acquaintances you know they yeah. When it comes to the work I do, it's so much more easy to speak to them. But when it comes to me as a person and my identity and my personal struggles, then that cuts out a whole bunch of people that, (laughs) you know, I've been really friendly with. So um, for all those listening, I'd just say, you know, think always every day, ask yourself who's in my inner circle and um, just try and keep the relationship going a message here and there so that when you do go through hard times, you know who is for you and who you can turn to because um again fortunately for me i wouldn't say i've been in a huge moment of mental health breakdown although i can look back and say times where my mental health was quite uh, you know not definitely not ideal um but i'd say um yeah just like the 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 times where i've struggled with something um either yeah it's, it's it's turning to someone that mm-hmm. i've built some sort of relationship with and um it's it's hard because you want to make friends with people who are further along than you as well and everyone mm-hmm. has mental health issues to some degree so not only is the challenge of finding someone to rely on um a, the struggle but also finding someone who has who's further along enough or healthier than you enough to still help you. Because like you said, you know, when you were going through your hard um, season in your life, you know, it's like this misery, misery loves company sort of thing. So you, you get attracted to people who are, you know, also in a toxic situation and then that just creates more toxicity. So um, yeah, I'd say that's a valuable lesson for all of us to learn. Um, But yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, no, I agree. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to track what you were talking about now. Um, so, yeah, I guess opening up to your friend, um, was there, was it just that one particular person or um, did it eventually lead to opening up to a few other people as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a, a particularly um, two people um, that, that I'd, I'd opened up to because um, mm. they were... Yeah, yeah, you know, um, they, they had to support me before just that. Um, there, there were certain conversations that we, we could just have 
um, you know, similar mm-hmm. to what you, we, we've just been saying. Um, yeah, we, we've just had like some really, really great life altering conversations, just realizations. So mm-hmm. I, I open up to them and that eventually, you know, I would go on to open up to, to other people that were, um, like I'd worked with them, but then I'd also yeah. built like, a personal relationship. And mm. so when they were noticing that, like, I'm not around, um, mm. as uh, <laughs> quite a few people yeah. were noticing, like, where's where, where this guy gone? Um, yeah. Like, I, I knew that I could open up to them. And mm. um, yeah, it just got really, really interesting then, you know, because mm. um, it, it, it's a weird one, because like, this is work for a lot of us. So, and we don't yeah. expect horrible things to happen. Mm. Like how how do you move with that next? Um, how do you go into certain meetings? Um, how do you? Yeah, yeah, mm. get all techy. Okay, nice. So, um, and even now, do you feel? So you've said even now, are you? Would you reckon like, um, you not using social media is still kind of down to I guess the anxiety effect of that incident. Um, is that still? Is this still something you're still kind of? dealing with the consequences of um, mentally? Um, yeah, yes, you know, like, unfortunately, um, it, mm. it really is. Um, you know, the, the way that um, phones have been developed at the moment and that, like, they're, they're quite mm. big. Um, yeah. So for me, um, I've just been so hyper aware of when I don't have a, a bag, for example, and my mm. phone has to be in my pocket. I'm so hyper aware of that thing mm. in my pocket. When, when it vibrates and when I'm getting messages, you know, um, mm. and I'm not, I'm not on social media anymore. I'm, I'm only on, 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 on LinkedIn, um, yeah. which is really, really helpful for me because I can still do work. I can still promote. Yeah. People can still get in contact, but it's mostly professional. Um, mm. but, That's interesting yeah. because when you look at mainstream social media, the lines mm. are blurred, right? It's <laughs> a mix between professional and um, social, right? And I think what I'm reading from your experience is that what really messed you up was navigating the blurred lines of when the professional and the social come together. So now it seems that you don't want to go through that experience again. So you're trying to keep things as separate as possible, you know, like. All right, Nathan, you're you're, you're killing it with these observations. (laughs) But (laughs) this is the beautiful thing about mental health is that sometimes we're so in our own heads, we need someone else to kind of process everything, right? And even yeah. for me on a micro level, being at home during lockdown, you yeah. know, sometimes, you know, my parents will say, Nathan, I'm noticing this thing about you. And a lot of mm. this time I'm like, no, this, I'm fine, you yeah. know. But then as I think more about it, I'm like, actually, you know what, this is, you, this is an issue. And again, it comes back down to relationships, having someone where when you open these things up to them, they're honest enough to say, from my perspective, this is what I see. And that yeah. can also, that's another recurring thing that I'm hearing in this podcast is people are saying, you know, they needed someone to make an observation that they were not aware of. So even me listening to you, it sounds like, because part of me relates with that as well. Like, even yeah. for me, I'm very passionate about my work and I don't like situations where I have to open up in in, in a way to my work colleagues that I wouldn't be comfortable with because my work is my work. And every time I meet someone new, probably the first thing I talk about is what I do rather than who I am. So that's (laughs) what 
and it, the same thing can be said in for men, most people in Western society. Our identity is so much in what we do. Yeah. So when what we do kind of mixes with our personal life and there's, you know, this incident that might happen in the workplace or with a work colleague, then it's like the foundations of who we defined ourselves as starts crumbling down. Mm. Um, the personal starts to become the professional, professional starts to become the personal. So even yeah. for me, me knowing what social media is like and scrolling on a day-to-day basis, social media for me is the it's a real melting pot of work and play. So part of me understands why you don't want to be on social media like that, because it's one of those things where everything is merging and we live in a world now where everything is merging, you know? Um, Mm. So it's harder to, it's funny because on one hand we have more power over technology. So it's easier for us to section our lives and create different identities. But also in another sense, we're more vulnerable and the boundaries between work and play are even more merged because we use the same devices for both. So it's a, it's a, it's a strange age that we're living in. And um, I think our ability to understand that can help us. You know, I think technology has a lot to show ourselves about ourselves. Does that make sense? So the way we use technology is a mirror to our state, you know, our mental states as people. So, um that's even just thinking about that now that's something i might have to research into because that's a very profound thing you know yeah um, yeah you know it, and that's, it, it, that's, that's yeah. analogy yeah and that's probably why we hear so much about mental health now as opposed to when you were growing up as a child because through technology we have more information and technology just reveals human nature it reveals yeah. what's always been there all along like even in terms of racial injustice you know young you know uh black people have been um i guess disproportionately killed by white police officers for a while but um it's only in this sort of climate especially now that we're at home during lockdown we have more access to our social media than ever before so i guess that's one big aspect as to why we're seeing this major outpouring this year of yeah. black lives matter cuz it's just the exposure we have really to um the world around us and to ourselves as well. So, um, yeah, I think that's quite a big thing to take away from from that. Um, so, yeah. So, um, yeah. Let's now delve into the arts, your your mm. poetry. Um, professionally, what were you doing at this point through this whole story that you've told? Was it still the work you're doing now in terms of spoken word poetry? And I, I, I guess it's funny because the thing that was meant to be therapy for you. Did you feel like it became a burden because it was associated with, was there kind of a weird relationship you started having with your art form um, because of the incident you experienced or? Yeah, you know, you know, and it's, um, it's quite unfortunate because what it feels like is that um, like my art, my um, artistic process, and it's just been like hijacked, you know, it's like, there wasn't anything wrong with what I was doing and the work I was doing but now it's just been hijacked so now that I try to get back into it um, it's not that the art and the process itself is not the same it's me that's changed and I'm not okay and it's like unfortunate you know it's like man if if I um, if that that hadn't have happened um, I I just would have been 
you know, on, on the same path and that would have progressed. But then this is sort of like, um, or the way that I feel is like, it's um, um, it delayed me and it's like, that's really, really sad. Um, but, but yeah, no, like, yeah, yeah, during this time, you know, um, yeah, spoken word poetry, you know, I, I feel very blessed and, and what's going on because like I, 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 I'm being commissioned by, um, you know, different organizations. I'm, I'm working um, in, with universities and um, working with rural media, you know, mm. uh, writing and uh, dancing with an, uh, an associated a dance company mm. that made youth. Um, you know, so mm. I'm, I'm working, I'm creating work, I'm collaborating, I'm a part of discussions and we're looking at how we can make work and even um, academia more um, um, accessible um, yeah. for young people um and, and older people as well um with, with varying ex- extents of uh, disabilities for example you know i'm i'm, I'm active in all, in, all, in all of these works and this is what i'm doing at mm. the time this is what i'm trying to um do better i'm trying to learn better um and then yeah incidents sort of mm. happen that it's like oh um <laughs> mm. yeah yeah it just, uh, it just, it, it, it just get a little bit just trickier now to mm. Did you did you find yourself kind of writing about the way you felt? Was that part of, I guess, your recovery process? Um, uh, yeah, I guess if I'm being honest, it's a a, a, a no. Um, mm. uh, you, you know, and um, what? Why haven't I I done that yet? Um, I'm I'm still processing it. Yeah. I I haven't come to um um any conclusion yet. Um, even if I'm just just come up with a draft and um, of course I've tried you know of course mm. it was first thing I'm going to do I'm, I'm going to mm. um, go to um, a space where I can dance um, mm. like I'm an associate artist at this point for um, yeah. the, the, um, the, the Midlands Art Centre and mm. um, I, 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 could, I, could, I could get um, rehearsal spaces and dance spaces I'm like alright cool I'm going to mm. dance this out but I get there and I already feel tired <laughs> mm. I already drained okay i'm like cool get a new notebook or i'm gonna I'm yeah. type up on, on google docs again my mind is drained i'm like fine i'm gonna yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to cook i'm gonna try to bake again <laughs> no inspiration um wow and this is when i know that there's a huge problem because mm. when i just have the opportunity to, to create even if um, what i'm going to produce is not going to be amazing and it's going to yeah. be raft um yeah. Normally you get some sort of emotional release through it. That's the whole idea, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I relate yeah, to that. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's and when just, that release doesn't come, it's like, okay, now there's really a problem because this is the therapy I've known for so long. So it's like, yeah, if I can't yeah. resort to this, then what can I do? It's, yeah, it's, it's a weird it. place yeah. to be in as a creative, isn't it? Yeah. And, and the problem is that like, I'm not starting, um, you know, it's it, like, it, if I was actually going through the creative process, mm. And then at the end of it, I'm like, I still feel the same. It would have been different. But, and, and, and so my, my perspective now as a Christian, I'm like, something ain't right here. And there's something mm. slash someone who is yeah. really trying to affect me because yeah. I, I, I am in a dance studio. I've got my pen. I'm, I'm drawing. I'm writing. All of these things. I'm, I'm, I'm watching talks. I'm reading. I'm engaging in other artistic works in order to yeah. um, trigger my inspiration. And it, mm. this doesn't feel like writer's block because... Mm there's there's ideas and, and i'm still operating but mm. i am not starting and for quite a few years it's like i am not starting mm. and it's 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 a huge problem because i don't know how to explain that um mm. like i'm 
I'm, I'm in a, a creative space, I'm in a creative environment, but I can't even begin to create. And it's like, this is, this is mad jarring. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man, it's mad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's, I, I'm not, maybe this is in direct parallel with this whole mental health recovery, but like also take us through your work as well. And, um, sort of the different projects you've done. So you're a spoken word artist, you're also a dancer. And um, I think a while back when I was seeing some of the work you've done, uh, it was quite interesting seeing the way you merge spoken word and dance together, um, which is kind of what I'm on now. It's the power of spoken word and how we match it with visuals to connote deeper meaning. And I know that's something we talked about a lot when we were going through the poem for my um, um, short animation that I'm working on. So, um, yeah, kind of for you, just take us through some highlights in your portfolio and why those pieces of work um, were important to you. And now that you look back, do you mm. see some sort of link between the content and message of some of your work and kind of this whole emotional journey that you've been on? Um, mm. Where they, Do you look back at your portfolio and think, oh, wow, you know, I can see this moment in my life, you know, or I can see that, well, this thing represents this mind state that I was in at this point in my life. Are there kind of parallels that you've made there in that regard? Yeah, um, you know, I'm really going to have to think about that uh, initial question later on. Uh, but I'll answer yeah. it as well, but yeah, what, what has been like the highlight? I'm like, oh, okay, I need, to, I need to think about that and come up with an answer. But now, <laughs> like, in the, in the, in the meantime, um, I definitely have seen some p- p- parallels, um, you know, because um, I, I did feel like I, I, I had a purpose. It had lots of strengths, but I was I was still on it, and I was uh, I was allowing myself to sort of um, you know know to be moved um, by my my faith, like me personally, and I was I was doing the work. So um, from from me being interested um, in uh, learning of different perspectives, it was very important for me to to, to travel. Um, and it was a few years ago. Um, it was, it was, I would I think I would have been um, from the age of sixteen. I was like, okay, from seventeen. I'm going to go to um, at least two different countries every year. Um, And with the work that I was doing with um, various theatre companies and Shakespeare companies, um, I was doing that. Um, Mm. And I was like, whoa, I can't believe that this happened. Um, And then I I was interested, obviously, in in, in academia, making that more accessible. Mm. And I was interested in in research myself. Um, And at that point, I hadn't gone to university and then you know I'm getting commissions by um, um, Worcester University. I'm getting mm. commissions by Warwick University, University of Birmingham. Wow, um, that's and, a lot of commissions, then, man. This and it's from universities. I'm like, I'm, mm. I'm grateful. Um, and then I become um, a poet laureate for the University of Sheffield Social Sciences Department. Um, wow. And I'm like. You know what I mean? I, I, so I feel very, very obviously blessed. Um, mm. And and then yeah, other uh, other works with um, local city councils and um, again traveling abroad, abroad and representing um, uh, like the, the UK as one of six artists and meeting with like scientists um, from from Germany and environmentalists from Russia and you know, just all these these different things um, and it's just art. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, like a, a, a huge one was like the r- 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 rural media project, which I was um, 
very happy to be a part of, um, along with um, man-made youth, and um, where we were exploring um, dyslexia, and we were exploring mm. it through um, spoken word poetry um, and dance as well. Um, and, and that, yeah, mm. featured on Channel 4 as part of a wow. program that I'd been watching for years, and Random Acts. Ah, um, uh, yeah, I know about Random Acts, yeah. I, I, I'd been watching Random Acts for years, because it, it all just came up at, um, like, mm. 11, 12 a.m. on Channel mm. 4. And it was always um, really bizarre pieces of art. Um, yeah. But quite a few of them would like inspire me and I'd be like, wow. Um, yeah. And yeah, um, yeah, this piece then ended up on there. And it, 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 was, it was one of those things which I could like share a link with my, my parents, for example, and be like, look at this. Um, yeah. Like the, the work I'm doing is um, like materializing or it's beginning to materialize. So just, just, just trust me on my, yeah. on my path and all of that um, so yeah just, just um, some highlights there but I need to think of like my main one uh, but I, so I might, mm. I might come back to you about that it's alright it's alright so <laughs> the that whole uh, man-made youth project sounds interesting yeah. because the amazing thing about the arts is obviously through that it's helping me to kind of leave some sort of legacy and um, you know and even legacy is something I've been thinking about a lot recently and especially with the passing of Chadwick Boseman as well um and so yeah. um mainly think because it was interesting because you all this time I think about the past four years he's been having this um type of cancer he's been struggling with mm. and within that time we've had Black Panther and I was wondering you know during the making of this film what was his mindset you know in terms of what he was trying to achieve was he just thinking about oh, this will look good for my career, or especially with the context of his health condition, was he thinking, look, I might not have left to live. So what I'm doing right now is bigger than me. I want to make a film that not only is a great addition to the Marvel Universe, but 10 years, 20 years from now, people will still be talking about the impact of this film. Mm. Um, and I know he worked in collaboration with, uh, I think Ryan Coogler is his name, um, into doing this film, but it made me think, you know, should I, instead of always making my work about me and kind of what I will be able to do through the work, it's more about how does this inspire the next world leader or the next, you know, person? Because sometimes I think as creatives, we forget who is consuming our content, you know, you know, and <laughs> we're, we've got our own issues. We just use it as therapy to get stuff out of us. But sometimes yeah. it's, it's when we actually do things and create initiatives where we're empowering young people and hearing their perspectives it it wakes us up to you know um ha the weight of what we do and i think sometimes have you found when you've done projects like man-made youth i don't know what the nature of that was maybe if you just explain it and yeah. kind of what made it different for you was there quite a lot of um, I guess mentoring you were doing for other creatives through that or just other young people and you obviously was looking at things like dyslexia and how these different conditions are experienced um, though the people you were talking about or addressing in the work were what sort of feedback were you hearing from them and kind of what was um, how did that make you feel as a creative impacting people yeah um yeah yeah it's, you know, that was a, a a great project um for, for a, a number of reasons for mm. me um because i 
got the chance to employ um, some research techniques. Um, you know, so not only did I have to um, uh, research um, d- d- dyslexia, just relatively sort of like mm. <clears throat> academically, um, mm. I also had to um, ha- have conversations with, with, with people um, who, who'd, um, you know, had their own experiences with dyslexia. Um, so I was noting down people's experiences um, and then, of course, working with uh, man-made youth and workshopping um, how to sort of factor in dance within that mm. as well. Um, and, and there was a particular person, um, Charlie was, was his name, um, shout out mm. to Charlie, um, who, um, yeah, who, who, whose perspective and story um, features quite a bit in, um, in the poem mm. itself. Um, so, so yeah, that was a, a great project, you know, bringing in um, research um, and study mm. and then in dance. How do you express mm. um, something that's happening internally and mentally and something that affects you in school? How do you ex- express that physically? And then mm. in rural media, you know, and that are just like, incredible. Um, and with the, with the film work, you know, um, how, how are we going to portray these experiences um, through the use of lighting and sound? And the camera technique. So yeah, it was um, a great project um, that brought mm. in different aspects. And um, so it was definitely a learning experience for myself. Mm. Yeah. And how? Did, yeah. Again, I think I asked this already, but yeah. Um, in terms of the feedback you got for from the people who you were dedicating this work to, what was their response like, and what did that response kind of do for you? Yeah, so um, I've only heard um, positive responses, um, Mm. uh, people particularly saying that they appreciated the representation, Mm. um, which I'm I'm, I'm grateful for because I know in my experiences, um, Mm. for a number of reasons, I think representation is is important. So. That's been really good to hear, actually. Um, and, you know, similar to what you were saying, like, what are we doing all of this work for? We're trying to leave a legacy. Um, yeah. I guess um, maybe well, for me, a majority of my work, I wouldn't like to think that any of it or, or much of it is just about me and it's not mm. other people. So I'm, I'm glad when other people can step in and be like, oh, thank you, you're actually furthering this cause and it's a positive yeah. cause and it's, mm. it's leading us towards um, a, a, a world which we, we want to live in. So that's just me like doing my part. I'm afraid that is the end of this part of this interview. Um, stay tuned for the next part of the interview in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Peace. Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. 
CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone.